Hi, and welcome to the I Meet Hotel podcast with industry updates, expert guests, and musings on what the future of travel and hospitality might look like. Every week, we'll bring you a new topic we find interesting through our work in this business with your host, Kristen Lipinski. We also want to hear from you. If there's something you'd like us to talk about on one of our next episodes, email us at info at imeethotel.com or find us on LinkedIn at imeethotel. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to I Meet Hotel, the podcast with me, Christian Lipinski. Now, in this episode, we're going to be touching on a topic we have yet to explore here, landscape architecture. Joining me today is a principal at EDSA, Pablo Masari. Pablo, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you today? Hi, Christian. Great to be here. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. And I think we should uh, start with a little bit of background uh, before we get into today's episode. So maybe you can tell me a bit about yourself uh, and as well as what is EDSA? Sounds good. Um, I'm uh, Pablo Masari and I'm a principal and one of the shareholders here at EDSA. I started my career path as an architect and then transitioned into more land planning and landscape architecture. Um, and that was a process that started maybe about 25 years ago. And I wouldn't say that EDSA was my first job, but it was one of my first jobs. And then uh, and I've been with this firm for about 20 um, and I plan to retire on, at this, from this firm if, if possible. Uh, what EDSA is, it stands for Edward D. Stone and Associates. Um, Ed was the, uh, the founder of EDSA. It was a small planning firm that piggyback on the practice of uh, Ed Stone father, uh, senior. He was a, a very well-known architect in New York. Um, and as Ed father had a lot of work uh, in other parts of the world and more institutional work, such as embassies, you know, and corporate buildings, then Ed Jr. started to kind of tag along and started to design the grounds and started to do a little more site planning. And that led to the, uh, really the creation of EDSA as a firm here in Florida. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we, you know, with the EDSA looking at the website, which I list, uh, recommend all our listeners do, cause there's some pretty amazing, uh, projects that you guys have been working on. Um, uh, but we do see the evolution, especially over the last couple of years and the needs of travelers, you know, especially younger generations, the environmental aspect has rapidly become the forefront of concerns. How does EDSA combine this into the work that you guys do? Interesting question. Yeah, I would say we do see that that kind of evolution in the traveler as well. Uh, if you've asked that, you know, what do we do uh, in terms of planning for resorts and hotels, maybe 30 years ago, the answers would have been probably a little different. Um, you know, back in the days, we used to see uh, retired couples that had, you know, you know, accumulated enough wealth to travel around the world. And you were basically catering for them, you know, for that kind of age bracket. And today uh, that has changed quite a bit. Uh, it's evolved into a much younger clientele and, and, and traveling group, I would say. Uh, people travel with their families, uh, especially because there are some, some nuances in, in lifestyle that have changed as well. Um, uh, you have couples that are working just as hard and and kind of equal contributors to to the family life. So when when they go out, they they need to go out with the whole family, mm-hmm. and they travel with kids. And you know what used to be hotels basically designed around, you know, adults. Uh, now hotels have to be designed as as families. Otherwise, uh, if you have kids and you're traveling 
your kids have gotten bored, you know, that you're not going back to that place. Right. <laughs> with, with that, I mean, you know, you think about these properties and they take a quite a bit that goes into building them, you know, from the visualization to, you know, end and complete, you know, how, how does that impact, you know, th seeing that the property has to extend a huge lifetime, uh, right. you know, 20, 30, 40 years. Uh, how do you guys take that into consideration with today's kind of travelers in mind? Yeah, I think there's two aspects of it uh, to answer your question. One is the sustainability, right? The 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 fact that a project, besides this natural cycle, so usually a hotel goes through a cycle every 15 to 20 years when they when they switch up the interiors and you know they freshen up all the uh, the amenities. But and there's a, an overarching um, effort that needs to sustain beyond that, and and that's the environmental sustainability and the fact that the project has to be embedded or it's usually embedded in a natural system and, and it has to it has to be a partner with that natural system, not fight against it. Mm -hmm. uh, that is uh, the most important aspect when we start doing the planning uh, and then going into more detailed work, make sure that whatever we do uh, sustains, uh, you know, time and weather. And it also is a contributor to this, to the environment, not a, not a detractor. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that hopefully in over time when, you know, this project is, monitored over a few decades that this project had become, uh, as I've said before uh, in other interviews, at least, you know, carbon neutral. Right. Uh, you know, we, I think that's our that's our goal. And then on the on the visual aspects that you touched on your question, I think what's also changed in the last few, I would say, years or a decade um, with the uh, with the um, advent of of social media and, and us, you know, uh, as a society becoming more of a visual, you know, kind of species. And we need to see something that impacts us before we actually, you know, find the time to read about it or do some research. I think everybody, we see this from hoteliers and developers, everybody's interested in this, in this moment that puts the, the, the project uh, on, we used to say on the map, but I would say on the web now, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's something that, that catches everybody's attention because it's unique or, or because it's quirky or because it's, it's fun. Uh, so that, that moment that can be uh, easily reproduced and, and replicated through social media uh, that, that people can identify the project with, that becomes mm -hmm. almost a, a, a non-negotiable one, right? That becomes almost like the, the item number one in the program when the, when the, the developer starts. In, in adding to that, um, you know, uh, I think the aesthetics of properties are, are really majorly important. As you mentioned, you know, things being online now, uh, people having the access to it, um, you know, as older properties are aging, um, and now travelers post pandemic really have changed their way of thinking, you know, thinking, you know, taking fewer trips, but more with a purpose, you know, how, how should really hotelers really rethink the presentation of the properties, uh, uh, on a visual sense or a landscape sense or architectural sense? Yeah, there's, uh, like you said, families are traveling, you know, they're really picking the time when they're going out and, and it used to be for short spurts. Now it's in longer periods of times of time. I think, you know, what's important is the, uh, the, People and when I say people, I mean hoteliers and developers and also guests are starting to recognize the uh, the importance of, of outdoor spaces, right? Uh, and I think you can start to see the programs that we are we're, 
we're working with uh, when it comes to the, the developers program, right? Mm -hmm. That are very generous in terms of their, their outdoor spaces and also a, a great variety of them. You know, it, it's several restaurants or several food and beverage venues. Uh, that way, if you're staying longer than let's say a long weekend, then there's plenty of things for you to do over, let's say a week of time. Mm -hmm. And then there's also plenty of activities planned. And I think in general, both the, the client and the hotel, they're, they're all recognizing that there's an importance of, you know, that you're not uh, of an expectation that you're not going to spend all your time at the property yeah. or within, within the property, within the resort property, that it's okay to kind of wander around and, and then, you know, I think hotels are starting to sell that, you know, it's not just my property, but it's everything around me that is important too. Uh, and hopefully that benefits not just the property, but everybody who lives or, or, or works around the property. So it starts to lift the, the whole community up uh, when the project is successful. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's there's a lot that goes into these projects and, and building these properties. And uh, as I mentioned earlier in the call, uh, you know, I was flicking around on EDSA's website and your guys' portfolio uh, is huge. Uh, and lots of really amazing, beautifully, aesthetically and eco-conscious properties that just look stunning. And um, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So I do recommend our, our listeners to check that out. Now, now EDSA has worked on a number of amazing projects. Uh, when you're embarking on these new designs, perhaps you can tell our audience just a bit about your process and all the factors that go into building these new spaces. Uh, sure. There's, you know, I would say there's two types of projects and one would be the typical urban hotel, which we have very influ little influence on how the hotel is set up because you're usually dealing with a tight space in an, in an urban core, right? So you're limited by other properties around you. But when it comes to uh, what we're really known for, and that's the, the resort type hotel, mm -hmm. um, we, what we uh, typically do or the, the beginning of the planning process starts with either visiting the sites that the, the client, our developer client has already uh, purchased or has an option. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, or sometimes we even visit a series of sites and, and let, uh, you know, advise the, the client on which one is the best for certain reasons. Um, but the, the typical process starts with the site visit and then looking at the land and really looking at all the uh, components that are, could be extremely sensitive within the land, mm -hmm. um, such as dunes, coastal dunes, wetlands, cliffs, you know, steep slopes, uh, existing vegetation, you know, water, bodies of water or, or creeks or drainage ways. Those are, are things that are uh, extremely sensitive that we need to watch for and then uh, find a way that make this new development work with it, um, protect it. Um, sometimes you have to work in islands in order to protect certain corridors. Um, you got to be really smart. Um, right now and in the in the past, it's been, you know, something that we we're, we're pretty adamant about uh, when we start the process with a client. I think in the future it's going to be almost mandatory mm -hmm. um, if it's not already in certain parts of the world. Um, and then once we, we do the, what we call the site analysis and we looked at, you know, where, where things should happen and where nothing should happen, uh, you know, looking at positive and negative space within the site, 
Then we start to develop the program, you know, and we lay uh, kind of the foundations of the project, you know, the building massing, circulation, pedestrian and vehicular um, connectivity between the, the, the amenities and then the, the main bodies uh, that make up the, the hospitality kind of program. And then, you know, at a certain point, the, the team of consultants starts to grow. And that's when the, the client or the developer starts to bring in architects, interior designers, you know, other types of consultants, more specific consultants, uh, engineers. And then and together we started to develop the program and start to create building messing. And then after we'd all that, we were through that process Then EDSA is not only a land planning firm, but also a landscape architectural firm. So we start to work with all the interstitial spaces that are left over between buildings and all the amenity, exterior amenity zones. So we're kind of the architects of the exterior spaces at that point. And we're developing terraces, pools, gardens, um, everything that you enjoy when you go to a property and you're outside. So everything beyond what we typically call or technically call the uh, the building envelope. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, as, as previously mentioned, you know, travelers needs uh, have changed and it sounds like all the projects that you go through, you really got to kind of stretch your vision out to the future of what can be or what may happen or how people's evolution in the way they travel or the things that they need while they travel. Um, you know, working remotely has led into almost doubling the amount of working nomads in the USA alone from 7 million to 15 million just over the last couple of years. Uh, when taking, you know, ideas for these projects or even how do hotelers make a shift to catering to these new demands of travelers uh, based on what they have already? Well, I think, like I said before, a lot of a lot more outdoor spaces and connectivity to natural systems, uh, making sure that when people visit a property, they feel that they're learning from the project. Not it's not just relaxing, but also a learning experience. You're learning about a specific ecosystem or something that happens around there, whether it's history or or nature. Uh, so the, the educational component is very, very important. Uh, I would say coming back uh, as a different person, right? Because you're really making a huge investment in terms of time and money if you're traveling with your family. And you hope that at the end of the process, you become a better person when you come back, right? More educated and better shape, fit. And with that comes uh, a lot more um, thinking, I would say, uh, and efforts into what's called wellness programs and spas and even um, the kind of, uh, of food uh, that you consume when you're going to some of these uh, projects. Uh, uh, it's not unheard of in the projects they're working on today that each project, especially those that are a little more remote, um, happen to have their own food production. And mm -hmm. we're now getting to be a little more experts in, in hydroponic gardens and aquaponic gardens and how to develop food in areas that are, you know, sometimes a little tricky mm -hmm. and in, in ways that are, are more sustainable in terms of water use. Um, so that all becomes almost a mandatory part of the program these days, because you're catering to people who, who want to come back better renewed, you know, and in, mm -hmm. in, in general. You know, there was, uh, you know, mentioning all these things and taking in consideration, you know, especially with the uh, updates of the designs and aesthetic designs. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about is because, again, looking, going back to EDSA and the projects that you work on, there's a lot of this cultural influence uh, on a lot of your properties. Maybe you can tell me a little bit about how important that is when designing these as well. 
hugely important. Uh, I think, you know, if, if a project is just a glass box, the glass box can happen anywhere in the world, right? And that's okay. Uh, for certain types of projects, that's okay. But we, we hope that when, because of what I said before too, when you go to a project, you wanna learn a little bit about where you're going. And then hopefully the architecture that you're able to develop with your architectural team, um, it's something that is not necessarily a copy or a replica of, of any historic vernacular that has happened or has been, or has been developed around this, this project site, but hopefully is a, a modern interpretation of it. So if you're going to where uh, some ancient civilization used to be, used to be settled, um, you, you put yourself in, in, a, in an architect's, you know, kind of shoes uh, of that time and you say, well, if this person was here today in 2022, how would a project with this vernacular be developed? You know, what, what, what would be the, the, the natural evolution of, of that vernacular in today's terms? Um, so it's really, it's very, it's a smart planning and designing uh, process. It, it, you, you, it's not a, a, a replica, it's not a, uh, but more of a reinterpretation of a certain vernacular now, when it's possible, right? Without necessarily being a tacky. Sure. And I think that, uh, that's something you guys do very, very well, uh, is that reinterpretation uh, in those uh, places that have deep rooted, you know, cultural ties, and, right? Uh, you know, civilizations that have been around for 1000s of years, and how you guys incorporate uh, those small, you know, uh, uh, ideas, and they just, uh, you know, flows really nicely across the property. Um, you know, there's a lot of different things, you know, uh, our hotelers kind of listen out for, and there are things that they should be looking out for or doing or making the properties better. Uh, you know, previously to all the things we discussed today, innovation is critical for success. So besides what we discussed, what other trends should hotelers look at closely over the next year, or what can they start doing with their properties in order to start evolving them? Yeah, interesting question. I think, um, like I said before, um, food generation is going to be a, a very important issue. And, uh, you know, that the fact that the, the, the offer in terms of food and beverage is authentic and kind of local, uh, I think it's very, very important. People are spending a lot of time watching, you know, food shows and, and traveling shows. And so you hope that when you go to a certain destination, what you're going to get there is it's something that, that, that happens only there, you know, it's unique of that, that part of the world. And hopefully it's not an international menu. So if you're planning on doing that, you're going to have to develop uh, a menu that's based around local um, resources. And then sometimes they're easy to get. And sometimes you might have to complement that with maybe growing, you know, your own operation of growing food within your site. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to be key in the future. It's already an important factor in this in when people decide where to go. I think another very important part of developing properties in the future, it's going to be being, uh, like I said, carbon neutral at least, being able to develop your, you know, maybe produce your own energy on site, mm -hmm. uh, dispose your own sewage on site. Uh, hopefully, it's all done in a way where it's, it, you know, it's uh, you're creating um, a good example of permaculture where where you're using, you're taking from the site, but you're putting back on this in the site. Um, so I think those are going to be very, very um, important factors in the future. I think one thing that helps you today is the fact that people are getting more educated, right? Mm -hmm. And there are certain things that were expected in the past. You know, you went to a resort and it didn't 
it didn't matter where it was. You people were expecting certain species of plants and colors, and and it didn't matter if they were local or they had to be imported from you know another continent. I think today's uh, traveler and guest, it's a little more experienced, more savvy, more um, responsible. I would say, and th th you know that. Sometimes native species are not the most flashy ones or the most colorful ones, but yet they're the ones that contribute to the environment. They don't, they don't need extreme care. They don't need extra water. They don't need extra fertilizer or, or pesticides. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's okay that some plants don't look as showy and flashy, but they're part of the, of, of the local uh, palette and therefore they're native species. And, and, and they're, you know, extremely, it's extremely important that you use those two uh, as your, as your building template. You know, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, if you go to, you know, different places in the world, if you go to Spain uh, or if you go to Antarctica, wherever it may be, if you find a palm tree in Antarctica, what's the point? Huh? <laughs> so, right. Yeah. You know, you're going to a place to experience a place and not, uh, you know, your home steps. Um, I, I think a lot of really good takeaways. I mean, the biggest one is uh, as well as being kind of more eco-conscious about your properties, your waste, uh, water usage, energy consumption. And I think you're absolutely right. There's uh, little excuse for travelers today uh, not to know what's happening in the world when it comes to the environmental needs. You see in Venice, the canals, you can see down to the bottom of the water when there was no traffic on it. Uh, and so I think, yeah, a lot of the younger generation, they are more eco-conscious when they go traveling. And those are the things that they're looking for uh, when they're on the road. So I got one more last question for you, Pablo. Uh, really interesting what you guys are doing at EDSA. If, if our listeners want to find out more, where they, how can they do so? You can go to our website, which is edsaplan.com, or you can try to find us in any social media. You know, we're, we're on all of them. And uh, I would say, you know, this might sound a little old school, but sometimes old school is great. Um, if you happen to be in Florida or around one of our offices, just walk in. You'll find hospitable people that will greet you and, and you know, we'd be happy to show you what we do. Perfect. So head over to edsaplan.com. Check out what they're doing. If you happen to be around any of their offices, swing in, say hello, uh, and check out their work. It's amazing. So Pablo, again, I just want to say thank you for joining the show. I really appreciate it. Christian, this was awesome. Hopefully we'll do it again soon. Cool. I think we'll wrap it up here for today. So to all our listeners, thank you for joining. We have another great episode planned for you, so watch this space. Remember to stay up to date with all our events by signing up to the I Meet Hotel mailing list and visiting us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Or hey, you can go old school. Email us at info at imeethotel.com. So today we talked, we questioned, we learned, and most importantly, we hope we gave you something to think about. Also, if there's anything you want us to cover in future episodes, we've got a podcast team that's eager to dive into some weird and interesting research topics. So get in touch with us and let us know if there's anything you want to know about hospitality. The I Meet Hotel podcast is a production from I Meet Hotel and Bidroom, the first subscription-based online travel community. Visit bidroom.com to learn more.